Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. The people in charge, folks, right now, there's such an embarrassing mess. <laughs> that, that peppermint patty's the best they've got. You know, walking out there every day with the uh, daily Pravda propaganda episodes. <laughs> it's just embarrassing. I got that. And another prediction of mine coming true. You thought your email was safe? What did I tell you a while ago? Remember that show? I said, ah, oh, they'll be coming for your email next. It's not good enough that they censor you on Facebook and Twitter and ScrewTube. I said, you watch. Email will be next. Well, that day's coming sooner than you thought. <laughs> I told you. More on that coming up next. Hey, I, speaking of which, I protect my data and my online activity with a VPN. Get one today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. Uh, another brawl with uh, Geraldo last night who was stabbing the president in the back again, pretending to be his friend. It's really just disgusting. So I had to yeah, dig into him last night. I'll get to that in a second. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joe, let's go. And they're us. Oh, yes, we are. The embarrassing mess, the cabal of stupidity, the motley crew of imbeciles we have in D.C. Uh, reaching embarrassing new lows every day. So here's what's going on from my, uh, my buddies behind the scenes there. They're telling me that the Biden administration is genuinely running out of ways to spin the disaster right now. They just are. The inflation crisis, the border crisis. You know, you got to remember 50, 60 years ago in the Walter Cronkite era and then later the Tom Brokaw, Peter Jennings era. You got to remember this. If they didn't discuss it on the nightly news, the nation never heard about it. Everybody really relied on local news. 6.30 Eastern time, you'd tune in or 6, whatever it was, 6.30, and you'd watch Cronkite. Whatever they discussed was the national news. With the explosion of social media, video from phones, everybody's a videographer now. Everyone. Video used to be super expensive. Not anymore. You just click uh, record, right? Social media, Fox News, uh, Newsmax, OAN, all of these other outlets out there. The problem now is when the liberals used to put under lock and key narratives they didn't like, high inflation, open borders, crime out of control, they'd Cronkite and them would put that under lock and key. You'd never hear about it. They can't control it anymore. So they're running out of ways to spin. I'm getting this from very reliable sources. And they're starting to panic because there's only so many different ways to tell people that what's happening, crime, inflation, the border, is not happening. There's no border problem. Hey, we see videos of 100,000 people crossing the border illegally. That's not happening. They are undocumented guest residents in local hotels. You can only spin so far. <laughs> you can only spin so far. Inflation. Infl it's transitory. It's tra Listen, everything in life is transitory. Okay, the question is, how long is the transitory? If inflation's transitory from now until you die, was it really transitory? They're running out of ways to spin this stuff, right? <laughs> Joe, right? Isn't everything transitory? The show's transitory. <laughs> yeah. It's a transitory podcast that lasts an hour. See, it's a spin. It's all spin, right? When they're talking about crime, 
They're like, crime, uh, it's really not that bad. And then you see people breaking into Gucci in the middle of the day, stealing $100,000 worth. Well, it's bad, but it's, it's, it's transitory. It's due to the pandemic. And then it continues after the pandemic ebbs and in areas where the pandemic isn't out of control. And they're like, uh, it was the Republicans or something who did it. They're running out of ways to spin. It's getting embarrassing. Here's Saki yesterday. Now, the, the media, listen, I give these people no credit at all. But I guess they're starting to figure that even their liberal viewers and liberal readers and these liberal media outlets are starting to get antsy and ask questions. Because, you know, it's not a problem until your kid gets mugged or your costs go up. Then it becomes a problem. So they're starting to ask questions. So one of them asked Saki in the White House yesterday. They say, hey, Peppermint, listen, we got an issue with this debt ceiling going up and people are concerned on the streets. Because this is what even the liberal outlets are starting to hear. Listen to Saki. She's like, hey, listen, we can't find anybody concerned about the debt ceiling. Now, I don't know what you're talking about. You want to talk about ridiculous, humiliating spin here. Check this out. What do you say to Americans who see this as yet another example of Congress kicking the can down the road? Uh, well, I would say that uh, in what way? I'm not sure who who is saying that. Until 2023, but it's going to come up again right after the midterms. What do you say to people who say we're just going to be having the same conversation a little bit over a year from now? I'm not sure what American person is saying that or is concerned about the debt limit, but maybe there is somebody you've met on the street. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe there's just one person out there concerned with our now approaching $30 trillion debt. Maybe. Maybe there's just one person out there. This is how embarrassing. You know, imagine having her job trying to be the forward face to the media of the single worst presidency in modern U.S. history. Can you imagine? I mean. There's no, right, right. There's nothing, nothing this woman can take credit for because nothing good is happening under Biden. Nothing. There is nothing to hang their hat on. So every day it's just a matter of how am I going to lie about the bad stuff? Here's exhibit two right here of how this is. I'm telling you, they're, they're, they're embarrassed and they know it. And the spin is going to get uglier. So the inflation crisis is out of control. We've been covering it here, gosh, for years now. How inflation and bad inflation was really bad inflation. It's all a matter of degree was inevitable. So the cost of meat, you know, protein, which people need, you need protein, you need protein in your diet. The cost of meat is exploding, which is deeply impacting seniors on fixed budgets, people who haven't gotten a raise at work, middle-class Americans, uh, anyone who needs to eat is being, which pretty much is all of us, is being impacted by the explosion in food prices. So Saki and them have to sit around the office and they have to say to themselves, gosh, you know, this just started under us. Inflation was under control until we got in office and started printing money. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? So here's Saki. They figured out, I got it. Let's blame the meat producers. Here, check this out. There are several progressive groups and lawmakers who are um, increasingly vocalizing the idea that inflation, high inflation, is being driven by corporate greed, uh, including uh, companies with high profits, some of whom have met at the White House with the president uh, in recent months. Um, Does the president endorse that idea? Does he think that corporate greed is the big driver of inflation right now? Well, I think that the president thinks the way people across the country, American families, uh, digest inflation is by price increases. And if you look at industry to industry, it's a little different. So, for example, the president, the secretary of agriculture have both spoken to what we've seen as the greed of meat conglomerates. That is an area when where people go to the grocery store and they're trying to buy a pound of meat, two pounds of meat, 10 pounds of meat. Um, it is the prices are higher. 
That is in his view uh, and the view of our Secretary of Agriculture because of, you could call it corporate greed, sure. You could call it uh, jacking up prices uh, uh, it, during a pandemic. You see how the media, desperate for an out, yeah. tease it up for the bunt by Saki. Hey, uh, you know, there's a rumor out there that corporate greed, here, folks, you get it? Yeah, they weren't Wink that, it or not. They weren't that there's greedy a, a couple months yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, it was a great greed. Greed is new, by the way, Joe. Greed's new. <laughs> yeah. We just figured a greed just happened under Biden. Keep in mind, that's another thing they can't seem to answer. How corporate greed is just a new thing in the Biden administration. <laughs> there was no corporate greed before. There's only corporate greed now, which is very puzzling. But here's what Saki won't tell you. Because she's a liar and disgraced herself repeatedly. I don't ever expect her to... Uh, Say, hey, maybe I should have some dignity and, you know, tell the truth once in a while. Forget it. These people have no dignity at all. Just the news article will be in my newsletter today if you'd like to read it. Wholesale prices increased nearly 10% in November, year over year, the fastest pace on record. So, folks, if it's the meat producers and the producers of the products who are being greedy, charging you more, why is it that the prices they're paying, because remember, they're consumers too, right? You ever heard of business-to-business transactions? If you're a leftist, you have no idea what that means. Uh, if you're a conservative and you've got a functioning brain cell, that means businesses have to supply themselves with inputs too for their outputs. I know liberals are puzzled by all this. So businesses like meat producers have to pay for inputs as well. They have to pay to purchase cows, to purchase feed, to take care of their farmland, to purchase fertilizer on their farmland. Liberals are puzzled by all of this. Don't you find it odd if the corporations and businesses and the meat conglomerates, I love how she throws that conglomerates in there to just attack American farmers and, and beef producers. I love how she throws that in there, right? Wouldn't it be really strange if the producers were paying 10% more year over year and you're still only paying 7% more year over year? Hmm. Sounds to me like the producers are actually paying more than you are, meaning they haven't. It's a simplified explanation. I get it, but haven't passed on in mass all of their costs onto you yet. If the if the corporations and the meat conglomerates were being greedy, their prices would go up 7 percent and your prices would go up 10. Right. Libs, I know this is hard. I get it. I know math doesn't work for you. Right. But their prices have gone up 10%, and yet prices in the economy for the consumer buying the products as the end producer and the end consumer of it have only gone up 7 Only 7 And I say that only term very loosely because that's the, we haven't seen that number since 1982. See, but here's the thing about the left. They're not stupid. Again, they think you are stupid. And it really speaks a lot to where you're intellect is i'm i'm sorry i mean if this insults you i'm sorry it's meant to this really speaks to your intellect on the left if you buy this stuff if you buy this what saki's saying that it's all corporate greed meat conglomerates and you do no homework on your own on your own it really speaks to your own the intellectual vacuum you live in you should be embarrassed but you're not now the great milton friedman speaking of corporate greed Corporate greed and greed has existed throughout human history. You have to ask yourself, though, if you're Saki, why is greed so bad now? The answer is it isn't. Production companies that are selling you stuff are paying more for the inputs, therefore have to charge you more for the outputs. It's called math, economics. Try it sometime. Here's Milton Friedman in a, in a famous appearance on the Phil Donahue show. Donahue is a leftist. Donahue asks him about greed. 
Hey, Milton Friedman, isn't capitalists are full of greed, you crazy capitalist pigs. Watch Friedman just nail this dope to the wall. Check this out. Did you ever have a moment of doubt about capitalism and whether greed's a good idea to run on? Well, first of all, tell me, is there some society you know that doesn't run on greed? You think Russia doesn't run on greed? You think China doesn't run on greed? What is greed? Of course, none of us are greedy. It's only the other fellow who's greedy. <laughs> this, the world runs on individuals pursuing their separate interests. The great achievements of civilization have not come from government bureaus. Einstein didn't construct his theory under order from a, from a, a bureaucrat. Henry Ford didn't revolutionize the automobile industry that way. In the only cases in which the masses have escaped from the kind of grinding poverty you're talking about, the only cases in recorded history are where they, where they have had capitalism and largely free trade. If you want to know where the masses are worth, worse off, worst off, it's exactly in the kinds of societies that depart from that. That's a fact. So now we can all acknowledge greed exists everywhere, correct? Human self-interest is, is, I mean, it's, it's embedded in who we are. It's imbued in who we are. Human self-interest. It just is. You can deal with that or you can fake the funk like Saki does and pretend that greed's a new thing that just started under the Biden administration, which is odd to make that comparison. Odd for her. Greed, great, greed, but greed's only bad now. Make, a, you know, make that connection, I should say. But Friedman brings up a good point, that even though greed is everywhere, and greed will always be everywhere, why is it that people have escaped grinding poverty only in countries where the government is smaller and the individual is bigger, and we believe in free markets? Why is that? Again, I am under no illusion that liberals will ever ask themselves these questions. They have no capacity to digest material. They're not very bright, and they're never self-reflective at all, ever. They just listen to what people say, like, let me, <laughs> okay, Jed, it's greed, did it? Here's Rick Santelli in CNBC sounding the alarm about inflation. Santelli's a decent guy saying, listen, man, we're in trouble. This inflation is broad-based. These companies are all paying more. Remember, you got the producer side, what they're paying for inputs, and what you're paying for their outputs. Both are at historic levels. This is bad. There's no good news in this inflation number. Listen to Rick Santelli. Our November read on producer price index up eight-tenths of one percent, up eight-tenths of one percent. That's hotter than expected. And if you remove food, energy, and trade, it is up seven-tenths, also hotter than expected. And if you just remove food and energy, it's up seven-tenths. So food and energy, seven-tenths. Food, energy, and trade, up seven-tenths. Now, the year-over-year -year numbers... Up 9.6 on headline producer price index. That is a new record. And if we look at X food and energy year over year, up 7.7, also a new record. Why did I play that? Because again, I want you to have the facts and the data. I want you to leave this show every day, despite the fact that we have some fun and Joe and I can laugh and we throw in these kind of silly segments once in a while. You will never leave a show ever ever without having the facts and data to back it up. The liberals' new claim in Saki, what you're going to hear next, is, oh, the inflation's just isolated to a few industries that are being extra greedy, just like the meat and energy people. Uh, no, Santelli just accurately stated, even when you strip out food and energy, inflation's still out of control. 
But don't let the facts get in the way of a stupid argument that your lemmings on the left will appropriately pick up and echo like dopey clowns. <laughs> Energy, greed, meat conglomerates. They're all talking points all the time. Never backed up by any evidence. Don't worry, though, folks. Everything's good. Joe, no worries. Kamala Harris is getting ready to give away more money if you want to buy a very expensive electric car. Because it's not like giving away more taxpayer money you don't have, therefore printing it, is going to cause an inflation crisis to chase more products we don't have in a supply chain crisis. Kamala Harris has it figured out. You're in an inflation supply crisis? Just print more money to help people go buy expensive electric cars they don't need. No, that's not happening. No, no, it is. Here, check this out. President and I know that families are stretched thin, and we take that seriously. And we have designed this bill to help everyday folks who just need a little bit more support. So we are lowering the costs of everything from childcare to health care, from prescription drugs to electric vehicles. Our Build Back Better Act will cut the sticker price of new electric vehicles made in America by union workers by up to $12,500. And it will also include, and this is a new approach, a tax credit of up to $4,000 for used electric vehicles. To ensure that electric vehicles are affordable for everyone. This has got to be the video clip of the day. She says two things there. Two things that are just knee-slapping hilarious. Number one, she says, families are stretched thin. Now, why is that? It's not funny because families are stretched thin. It's funny because families are stretched thin because of the inflation they're causing by printing more money to spend that we don't have. And then she says, despite the fact that families are stretched thin because they caused it, she goes, don't worry, we're lowering the price on. And then she goes through a list of items, you know, food, healthcare, cars, that literally Santelli just in the last segment was like, they're all going up at record rates. The, I can't, like, what is it about being a leftist? Do you ever at any point in your sad, sorry existence, listen to this and go, eh, I don't know. Maybe they're full of crap this time. Do you ever do that? We're lowering the prices. She goes through a list of items where prices are at Historic, unprecedented highs. <laughs> we don't know. I, yeah, Gee wants to know if that's why her approval rating is at negative 0.8. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just. <laughs> I, uh, all right. I, let me get to my let me get to my second sponsor. And then uh, another folks coming up next. Another prediction came true. You thought like, oh, you know what? I'll stick with my email list. I'm not going to use Facebook and Twitter. They censor free speech, which they do. Screw tube. Nope. New York Times giving a wink and a nod that we better start censoring email next. I told you I did this show, what, six months ago? I promise you the thing about communists is they got to do communist stuff because they're commies. So the way commies do stuff is they slowly push the envelope every time. Your email's next. Stay tuned. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. 
You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Okay. So again, I had made this prediction that they were going to come to you for your email next. Uh, wherever free speech advocates, and I'm not talking about just conservatives. There are a lot of uh, you know liberal journalists who are tired of this too. There are left-leaning journalists who are getting sick of the constant censorship and the communist socialist nonsense, speech suppression, anti-civil liberties activism happening in this country right now. You go to Twitter, you, you get off Twitter, you go to Parler, they attack Parler. You get off Parler to go um, to Getter, they attack Getter. You get off Getter to go to Clubhouse, they attack Clubhouse. You get out of the, the left-wing hack media to go to Substack, they attack Substack. I'm telling you, listen to me, please, 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 please. I'm legit begging you, imploring you. I want you to understand the fight because there are not just one, but a number of prominent conservative sites and people out there in the movement who are really under the mistaken, dis, a, a, a mistaken belief, excuse me, which we need to disabuse them of, that if you just don't annoy the media and the censors and you kiss their butt and the cat ladies, that they're all going to go away. They will never go away. They will, listen to me, they will never go away. Their life's mission is to destroy freedom and liberty. That, that is legit what they do. That's their only purpose, is to silence free speech. It's all they live for. You will never stop them unless you viciously and ferociously fight back, ever. I've warned so many conservatives about this behind the scenes. Oh, I'm not going to jump in that fight. I got sponsors too. We cancel sponsors all the time. You even have an inkling of being a left-wing nut company that's going to censor conservatives. We boot you the next day. But trust me, it's happened more than once. Here's the New York Times now following you to email. You thought you were safe with your email? Here is the atrocious, grotesque Maggie Astor. A, a, I mean, a, listen, a full-blown anti-civil liberties activist obsessed with speech suppression. Ironically, at the New York Slimes, the, the paper of record for misinformation, the PP hoax times, the Hunter Biden laptop was misinformation times. Every race hoax in human history they've likely promoted or been a part of. The New York Times, an embarrassing blog relegated to fringe components of the left. Maggie Astor, of course, writes for them. And she's the article is called Now in Your Inbox, Political Misinformation. Look at this. They're coming for your email next. Here's the hint. She's complaining about elected officials and lawmakers, how they get to use, uh, you know, email to say stuff. God forbid, Joe, that happens. Email. Oh. You're allowed to communicate on email with constituents. Oh, oh, Maggie Astor, who's never had a life or a job to speak of and is the, you know, zero dignity at all. Maggie Astor, she doesn't think that's right. She says lawmakers' statements on social media and cable news are now routinely fact-checked and scrutinized. Ha! They are? Maggie must have missed the Facebook filing, which acknowledged they're not checking facts. I'll get to that in a second. That they're opinion checkers? Maggie missed that. Not too bright, Maggie. Maggie, brain cells. Make them connect once in a while. 
Try like Prevagen or something. I don't know. I heard I saw a commercial on Fox about it. She goes on. But email, one of the most powerful communication tools available to politicians, reaching up to hundreds of thousands of people, teams with unfounded claims and largely escapes notice. Escapes notice. <laughs> Joe. Come on, we need the Soviet thing. Come on, you got to be on the... the, This is like... if I know you played it yesterday. We don't like to wear stuff out. I appreciate that. It's good. But seriously, thank you. If there... Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't miss that. See, I got a big camera now, and Justin's back in the studio. Guy did his traditional pop tour, just so you all see it. Pop to attention, Soviet style, which he does whenever we play that. I know you don't like that, and I appreciate that. Joe likes to keep stuff rare because it's fun, which is good. But this is a two-day-in-a-row job. <laughs> Maggie Astor's like, how dare you email people and escape my eyeballs? I'm the great, I'm the great Wizard of Oz, Maggie Astor. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Maggie Astor. Maggie, Maggie Astor's never done anything in her life worthy of the position. Well, actually, she is worthy of the position, writing for a blog, the New York Times. The email problem. And she hilariously cites fact checkers who fake book just admitted under oath aren't checking facts at all. They're nothing more than opinion. <laughs> she missed that. New York Times, paper of record. The old gray lady. The old dopey ladies, more like it. Here she goes on in the piece. Here's now, I want you to see what she's doing here. In order to pretend she's an actual journalist, here's a hint, she's not. Maggie Astor's like, Let's throw like one Democrat in there or something, a Democrat thing to make it look like this is a bipartisan thing. When keep in mind, the entire purpose of the article is not to censor Democrats email. It's to censor conservatives. So she throws one Republican and a couple Democrat things in there or excuse me, one Democrat and some Republican things in there. But then she has to note that the misinformation is definitely a GOP problem here. It's right there. But Republicans included misinformation. Misinformation. This is the New York Times. (laughs) The New York Times. Maggie Astor. The New York Times. But Republicans included misinformation far more often in about 15% of their messages compared with about 2% for Democrats. (laughs) I would love. They keep this up. There is nothing I would love more than to see this analysis of the New York Times. They've seen every email. And they've gauged that 15% is Republican misinformation. <laughs> reminds me of when Malcolm Nance, that dipwad at MSNBC, told me in a van coming back from Politicon, uh, one of those shuttle vans, me and my wife, that he speaks for all black people. He was like, yes, I speak for all <laughs> leftists. She goes on, Maggie. In addition, multiple Republicans often spread the same unfounded claims, whereas Democrats rarely repeated one another's. Whoa. I'm, uh, I need a I need a break. So just to be clear, the New York Times, which promoted the pee hoax, and Trump got peed on. That wasn't repeated by anyone. No one repeated that. The Hunter Biden Russian disinformation story. I can't. These people, they are just they are so without a shred of dignity. It's hard to believe. Even the dopiest of liberals takes Maggie Astor seriously. Yes, definitely those Republicans. And you know what the example she cites in the piece, which is beyond comical, the $450,000 payout to illegal immigrants. The proposal was a real thing. She's like, well, well, it may have been a real thing, but it was only going to be paid to some immigrants. Oh, 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 so it's real. So you're admitting it's real. 
You're admitting it's real. You just don't like the fact that the story reflects negatively on Democrats. So your angle is what? It's real, but it would be realer if it was paid to more? This is... <laughs> You're an yeah, idiot. Yeah, you big time. Thank you. Here's the... Uh, Maggie Astor may have missed this. You know, it's not that bright. I'm not, she missed it. She doesn't really do journalism. Um, this was the actual court filing by Facebook because Maggie Astor wants more opinion checking. She believes it's fact checking. She should probably read this. Now, Facebook said in a court filing that the labels that fact checkers attribute are neither false nor defamatory. To the contrary, they constitute protected opinion. Maybe Maggie should uh, look that up. That's the Facebook lawsuit being filed by John Stossel against Facebook, against their fact checkers, where they admit they're not checking facts at all. Maggie doesn't know that, of course. Maggie wants opinion checkers to go through your email. Folks, listen to me. I'm, I'm being deadly serious here. It's coming. This is not conspiracy theory stuff. The monitoring of your email by big tech in a symbiotic close relationship with their communist masters in the United States government are coming for your email next. Oh, Dan, you're stoking fear. You know, it's funny how you say that all the time and yet all my predictions continue to come true. So are we really stoking fear or are we warning people about the inevitable totalitarian future coming if we don't get rid of these people right now and develop alternatives? Here's the good news because I don't like to leave you in a bad mood. Lady, uh, bad mood. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you the tide is turning. The tide is turning right now. And it's turning significantly. You know I'm an uh, equity holder in Rumble. So thankfully, Rumble's been such a resounding, overwhelming, incredible success. Went to market at a, at a multi-billion dollar valuation. And millions of people are flocking to Rumble. Flocking to Rumble. When I got there, they had about 2 million. They went up to 36 million users after we started promoting it. So a company tried to play stupid games with us, Rumble. This is what I teased yesterday. And they're going to win stupid prizes. So there's a company out there called Unruly and Tremor Corp. Unruly, I don't know. They must emerge. Unruly and Tremor. It's the same company. So they sent a, an email to Rumble saying, hey, uh, we're being pressured basically by some left-wing activist kind of deal. And we're going to cancel our ads on Dan Bongino's videos uh, only for COVID misinformation. So Rumble went back and said, really? What was the COVID misinformation? Well, what do you think we heard from Tremor and Unruly? Why is there silence? Because that's what we heard. Nothing. Because they couldn't actually cite any misinformation. So we said, we're going to give you a few days basically to retract your claim. If not, we are going to ban you from Rumble. So I just like you to know if you're doing business with Unruly or Tremor, that your ads will not be being placed on Rumble where millions, millions of freedom-loving patriotic Americans, both Democrat, Republican, conservative, and on the left go to get their video. You're not going to be seen there at all. If you want to read the story, you can check out the Post Millennial. Rumble drops censorship happy companies and stands up for free speech. It's not the last time we'll be doing this either. Believe me, we'll be just fine. If you want. Yeah, thank you, man. Yes, sir. Now, now try, if you're unruly and tremor, I'd like to see your sales pitch to people selling products. Hey, uh, you know, by the way, we're not allowed on Rumble, the biggest video platform for free speech lovers in the entire planet right now. We're not allowed on there. Uh, yeah, but I want to sell my products to people who aren't just crazy, kooky liberals. Sorry, we can't do anything for you. We're banned. <laughs> we also announced yesterday Rumble, a partnership with the Trump Media Group, 
So uh, that's pretty awesome. We really love that. All right, let me get to my next sponsor. And then I just quickly want to get back to an article being written by me by a clown, the Biden biographer and CNN contributor, who I gave the time of day for a moment and then emailed him yesterday, letting him know that the Dennis Green theory was true, that he is who we thought he was, uh, a Biden biographer. So I want, to, I, want to, I want to show you the questions he sent me to follow up on, to show you what kind of uh, dunces these people really are. Evan, uh, Evan Osnard or something. So uh, I interviewed with this guy. You know, I gave him the benefit of the doubt because I'm a nice guy. And many of you will be like, well, why do you give these idiots the benefit of the doubt? Because here's the thing. They write a bunch of garbage about you anyway. So once in a while, maybe, I don't know, once a year or so on average, I don't do interviews much. You can probably tell by how, uh, how, how the, the, but by the scarcity of quotes you'll see directly from me and media. I just don't do interviews because media people are generally losers like Maggie Astor and others. But I've given a few. And once in a while, I'll give someone the benefit of the doubt. But of course, they always prove to you who they are. And uh, some guy, Evan Osnard, or whatever his face is, Snoznos or something. So he's writing some piece uh, in an outlet about me. And he sends me a bunch of fact-checking questions, hilariously bad fact-checking questions. He hasn't even figured out who my campaign manager was on my first campaign, despite, interv- despite interviewing the guy, which I, <laughs> journalism, you guys are really knocking it out of the park. So here's some of the questions he sent me showing you when, if you ever get a public profile, what you're going to have to deal with in these left-wing nuts. Keep in mind, this guy's a CNN contributor and was Biden's biographer. So he's come into this interview with a pre-existing notion of what it's not journalism. Again, it's narrative building and it's an effort to build anger towards me. That's what he's doing because he wants people to hate me, which is ironic because he paints the questions as me stoking rage on the other side, which is like, again, an example of they do and accuse you of what they're doing. He said, would you like to comment on the widespread, widespread claim, folks? Why it's him. He's the only one spreading this, that the content that appears on many of Dan's platforms is picked for its ability to boost engagement on social media and therefore content that in many cases stokes outrage, hatred, and fear. Come on, man. It's widespread. Gee, don't ask. Gee wants to know where it came. Don't ask these stupid questions. It's widespread, Gee. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. I make this joke with my daughter when we pass this place called Stracuzzi Square near my house. It's a joke. I go, everybody's talking about Stracuzzi Square. My daughter laughs every time. Why? Because it's a dumb dad joke. Then she asks me, uh, he asked me, Evan, uh, Evan Snodnard. He says, in the year before Ashley Babbitt was killed at the Capitol. Talk about, really, this is like a new low for this filth, right? The woman is dead and he's got to find a way to insert it into the article and make a connection. I never met Ashley Babbitt in my life. She's dead, but let's drag her into the articles. That's what they do. He says in the year before Ashley Babbitt was killed at the Capitol on January 6th, she retweeted Dan's content more than 50 times. Would you like to comment on this? Justin's like, Dan, you're clearly a terrorist. Everybody's talking about it, Justin. It's widespread. Claim is, claim is widespread. Ashley Babbitt, number one, is dead. Maybe Evan Osnard should have some dignity. Evan Snosnos, whatever your name is. Maybe have a little bit of personal dignity. You ass-kissing Biden, surgically attaching your lips to the ass of the administration, piece of garbage. Maybe you should leave the woman to rest in peace. Second, regardless of that for a second, how the hell am I going to prevent people from retweeting my comment, my comments? on, on how, how do you suggest I, I do that? And why is that a problem that a woman who died retweeted my content? 
I could probably go to Twitter tomorrow and find 25 deranged blue checkmark liberals who've retweeted the PP hoax, the Hunter Biden hoax, the Bubba Wallace hoax, more on that later, the juicy hoax. But notice, they're not responsible for anything. Notice how he tries to blame me for a woman's death. Evan, Evan Osnos. Filth. Yeah. Filth. These people are filth. That you, and, then, and then they blame, they blame us for stoking fear, trying to blame me for a woman's death. These are the sick, sick people we've got to deal with. They always are who you think they are. So I had another beef with Geraldo last night on Hannity's show. Some of you may have caught it. Um, Geraldo, who has backstabbed Donald Trump in the back multiple times over what happened on January 6th. Again, the left is obsessed with the narrative and the narrative changes. I should say obsessed with narratives, the narratives, because the narrative changes all the time. When the left wants to go after Donald Trump, what do they do? They say the left, meaning Geraldo. They say Donald Trump incited a riot on January 6th. That's despite the fact we have video evidence anyone can look at, although people like Evan Osnos and others won't dare do it, where Donald uh, Donald Trump said, now we're going to go march peacefully and patriotically to the Capitol. How that's inciting a riot, only people like Evan Osnos can figure out. I mean, he is a CNN contributor and the Biden biographer, right? And Geraldo. Geraldo seems to think that was inciting violence. But when they want to show it was a planned insurrection, they downplay Trump incited the riot and they talk about how a bunch of Republicans got together and planned a massive insurrection. Now, keep in mind, those stories both can't be true at the same time. You would think a sane liberal would question that, of course, because they're not sane. They never question it. People like Geraldo can't figure out what it was, a planned insurrection or a Trump instigated riot. So here's Geraldo yesterday downplaying the other riots that happened around the country and the insurrection that happened in the White House when Trump was in office. Oh, we've got video of that coming up next. Interesting how the left isn't concerned about that, where they almost took the White House. Oh, I was getting texts that night from Secret Service. People. Remember the BLM Antifa riots? You have no oh, yeah. idea you had how many agents were hurt. Uniform division officers were hurt, and they were, they were terrified that night that there was going to be a real, legit fence-breaching episode and there was the plan for that was not a good one. No one talks about that insurrection. Nobody. In that video with that coming first, here's part one of Geraldo. Watch him try to downplay everything else. He wants to focus on attacking Trump, who he claims is his friend. I promise you, Trump is no friend to Geraldo anymore. His true colors have been exposed. Check this out. The obvious difference between the riot that happened on January 6th and the 500 odd that you correctly cite as concerning and 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 damaging to America, to our psyche, to our, our, our physical well-being, is that this was a riot that was unleashed, incited, and inspired by the president of the United States, which targeted right, Geraldo, we're not the, tar- the that's heart of American democracy. The president didn't say, no, you could say that's your opinion. The, Ameri- the president well, me, said peacefully, let me, let me, no, no, stop. The president said peacefully, patriotically, march to the Capitol. It doesn't matter what the president said. Geraldo was committed, at least last night, he'll change his mind tomorrow, to the narrative that Donald Trump instigated a riot despite telling people we can see on tape, on video, we can see it peacefully and patriotically go march on the Capitol. Now, and Geraldo, who must be one of the worst lawyers on planet Earth, he believes that's evidence of instigating a riot. I had about enough of this guy's crap on this January 6th thing. I'm really sorry, so I kind of lost it on him and told him what a backstabber he was and how pathetic and vile it is that he pretended to be Donald Trump's friend and at the first opportunity sold him out. Eh, here's the follow-up. 
Geraldo, we've been arguing about this forever. The backstabbing of the president you're engaging in is really disgusting. And it's really vile that you pretend to be this I guy's really friend and you continue that. to do I this. I resent that. He, I supported he Donald Trump. He said it's Trump. on tape. I, I don't care Donald Trump if you resent it. Until he, he said abandoned tape, let me democracy. Respond. Let me he, respond. He abandoned he the election results tape. and he refused, March peacefully he refused and to accept the will of the American people. You heard right, it. Nobody can hear you. you heard we got to leave it there. And you stabbed him in the back. You heard it. Thank you. Notice how he doesn't let anybody talk. He doesn't let anybody talk because he knows he got wrecked. He knows he pretended to be Donald Trump's friend. He knows Donald Trump did not incite a riot. So when you call him out on it for the vile backstabber he is, then what happens? He talks over you. That's all he does all the time. That's his shtick. I got my my words in, though. And everybody heard it. I want you to remember this. Remember this insurrection? The White House, an insurrection that got so bad they had to relocate President Trump to the bunker because the BLM and Antifa terrorists were dangerously close to causing a very, very serious security situation at the White House. It was serious here. It was about to get a lot worse. And don't tell me what happened. I was getting live time texts from people who were there. This is worse than you've ever heard about. Donald Trump had to be relocated to the bunker and the left thought that was hilarious. They thought that insurrection was funny. Remember Bunker Boy? And well, let's talk about this insurrection. Hat tip, uh, Yossi Gestedner. I saw this video in his video. Here's a video of the, the insurrection that happened at the White House. The Democrats don't want you to know about because it was their favorite terror groups, Antifa and others. Check this out. No one wants to talk about that, including two uh, disgraced now former Republicans are now full blown liberal Democrat uh, socialists. Um, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, two disgraced human beings who voted yesterday to have Mark Meadows basically thrown in jail because Mark Meadows, President Trump's former chief of staff, um, hasn't kissed their butts enough. Because Liz Cheney, as Tucker said last night, she wants you to know she's in charge. She's running. She's not in charge of squat. She's a disgraced, grotesque politician. Again, who without her last name would be a zero right now, would be a nothing. Here's Jim Jordan on the House floor, one of the good guys, calling these imbeciles in Congress out for trying to lock up one of their former colleagues because his cooperation, all the stuff he turned over wasn't good enough. They just want to start putting everybody in jail. We've now descended into third world totalitarian madness. And where's the media? They're like Evan Osnard. They're like Evan Osnard asking me about Ashley Babbitt, who's now deceased, her retweets. That's what they're doing. They're not worried at all about the dangerous precedent of throwing a former congressman and chief of staff in jail because you didn't like the level of his cooperation. They're not worried at all about that until they're in jail later. Yuri Bezmenov warned us about this, didn't he? Here, check this out. Now they're destroying executive privilege. Now they're attacking that. And this might be the worst. Destroying a precedent that has been around since George Washington and treating Mark Meadows as a criminal. Mark Meadows is our former colleague. He is a good man. And he is my friend. And this is, this is as wrong as it gets. And I think deep down, 
Everyone knows it. I think they know it as well. They know this is wrong. We've all served with this guy. He is co-sponsored. He's done more work with Democrats than probably any Republican. We all know what a good man he is. And this is as wrong as it gets. You all know it. But your, your lust for power, your lust to get your opponents is so intense, you don't care. I hope you reconsider. I hope we don't take this action. Madam Speaker, I yield back. We're in a really, really dangerous time, folks. I can't emphasize to you in strong enough terms how important it is that Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger's gone, don't worry about it. He won't dare run again. But that Liz Cheney not only lose, but lose so badly she never shows her face in Republican polite company again. She has disgraced herself, the country, and what remnants were left of her family name. An embarrassment. Voting. She, only, she and Kinzinger were the only two Republicans that voted for this yesterday to lock up one of their former colleagues because they didn't like the level of cooperation. This is third world crap right here. Okay, let me get to my, um, <clears throat> my last sponsor. I got a lot coming up here. Uh, the, concluding the portion of the show next where we expose the intellectual vacuum leftists live in and how when new evidence surfaces on both coronavirus, whatever it may be, masking, street crime, Bubba Wallace, doesn't matter. They, stip, they stick to the script just like Geraldo. Geraldo, he cited an insurrection. Really? By telling people to march peacefully and patriotically? How did that happen? I got that coming up next. I'm going to show you the graph, too, which should <laughs> won't surprise you. You already know. All form. Listen, if you've been listening to my show for a while, you heard me talk about Helix mattresses. They're great. They're so comfortable. They've gone beyond the bedroom now, Helix, and they started making sofas. They launched a new company called All Form, A-L-L-F-O-R-M, and they're making premium customizable sofas and chairs shipped right to your door. Well, what makes an all-form sofa really great? Well, for starters, it's the easiest way you can customize a sofa using premium materials and at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. You can pick the fabric, spill, stain, and scratch resistant, the sofa color, the color of the legs, the sofa size, and the shape to make sure it's perfect for you and your home. They've got armchairs, love seats, all the way up to an eight-seat sectional, so there's something for everyone. And you can always start small with Allform and buy more seats later on if you want your Allform sofa to grow and change with you when you move. Allform sofas are also delivered directly to your door with fast and free shipping. In the past, if you wanted to order a sofa, it could take weeks or even months to arrive and you'd need someone to come and assemble it in your home. Allform has simple, quick assembly, no tools are needed. We have an Allform sofa for Isabel. Setting it up was super easy. Paula put it together in, it was about 20 minutes. It's that simple. And if getting a sofa without trying in a store sounds a little risky for you, don't worry about it. You get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than three months. And if you don't love it, don't worry. They'll pick it up for free and give you a full refund. They also have a forever warranty. That means literally forever. To find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash Dan. That's allform, A-L-L-F-O-R-M dot com slash Dan. And allform is offering 20% off all orders for our listeners at allform.com slash Dan. Check them out. They're really, really great. Thanks, allform. So again, this is the portion of the show where we explore the left and their resilience to facts and data. Because on this show, I want you to leave knowing the truth. So, you know, the uh, mask mandates and the vaccine mandates have been a source of consternation and indigestion on this show for a long time. Um, not because I have a particular problem with a mask or a vaccine. Vaccines and masks, I guess, can serve some purpose in some circumstances. 
The problem I have is they're the only two approved narratives on the left because they involve mandates and government power. Yet you would think places like California, which just reimposed the mask mandate, would look at the data. You'd look at a county, right, that had mask mandates and a county that didn't. And if masks were working, you would think that the county with the mask mandate, Joe, tell me if I'm crazy here, would have lower coronavirus numbers. Tell me if I'm nuts. Yeah, man. So this, uh, yeah, okay, thank you. I'm not crazy. So this Twitter account picked up on this. They said for five months, L.A., L.A. counties had mask mandates and they've imposed increasingly strict vaccine passports. But neighboring Orange County has not. Yet L.A. has done worse the whole time. Yet politicians and experts are continuing to pretend that these mandates and vaccine passports work. Here's the chart. So here's L.A. County. L.A. County with a mask mandate. That is the black line. The orange line is Orange County. Excuse me, the lower line there. Colors are always thrown off on the prompt today, but You'll notice that it is orange. Okay, I'm not crazy. The black line, which is Los Angeles, is higher at nearly every single point on the curve for coronavirus infections rather than Orange County, which does not have a vaccine mandate or vaccine passports and is lower. I'm, I'm not, I forget it. I, I don't even, I, I, there's nothing I can say. So I'm just going to leave that there. They're just immune to evidence. None of this stuff matters. So just continue to do the stupid stuff. As long as I don't live there, I'm really, I don't even care anymore. You do you. I'm serious. I'm just done with it. This I'm not done with because this is costing people their lives right now. This was San Francisco mayor, leftist hack London Breed. San Francisco mayor London Breed announces cuts to police department in new city budget. Of course, this was a while ago on ABC 7 News. Here's the latest update from CBS News. San Francisco Mayor London Breed announces crime crackdown. She's going to be, quote, less tolerant of all the BS that has destroyed our city. Expecting liberals again to make the connection between mask mandates and higher coronavirus infections and defunding the police and higher crime is apparently asking too much. Maybe Evan Osnard can help them figure it out. Maybe do a piece on that. Here's another one. Did you see this from ESPN? So ESPN, despite the fact that we know the Bubba Wallace noose thing, remember this story? Bubba Wallace, whose team couldn't figure out what a garage pole was. Now, Joe's quite a handy cat, works on his own car. A garage pole. Uh, For those city dwellers who don't know what that is, that is when you close a garage with a piece of rope. If you put a loop at the rope at the end, it makes the rope easier to grip. You get it? Yep. Because if the rope was just straight, you would have downward force. What a loop enables is enables a horizontal vector too as the loop goes up. You know, it's called like physics and stuff, creating pressure and distributing it over a certain area. Creating that pressure point on the loop makes it easy. Why am I explaining all this? Because liberals are so stupid that they thought a garage pull was a noose. Now, Bubba Wallace, who happens to be black and is a NASCAR driver, apparently didn't pick up on a garage pull either. Maybe he'd never seen one before and thought it was somehow some racial attack on him. The story's now been discredited because the FBI, rather than uh, investigating other things, sicked about 7,000 agents on this case to make sure that it was not, in fact, a noose, and they determined it wasn't a noose, that this garage pull had been there way before Bubba Wallace, who's black, had ever gotten into that garage, and no one even knew it was going to be Bubba Wallace's garage. The story's been discredited. Now, you would think, again, like the mask mandates and the crime thing, this would be called evidence. Nope, 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 not at all. 
Here's ESPN jumping in the mix that's now doing a documentary about the fake noose, noose hoax, pretending it was real the whole time. Like none of this ever happened. Here, you doubt me? Check this out. This is real. I look back and I was like, holy sh! it's a whole garage. The whole garage. And that's when I lost it. He's like, I can't believe it. I, I, I honestly, I can. I'm, I'm not surprised at all. The story's eviscerated and discredited. ESPN has a whole series on it. Like it was never discredited. Like it really happened. They got Bubba Wallace. Oh, I can't take. Oh, they got these uh, Jimmy Johnson. Others. Yeah, we're all behind Bubba. Great. Get behind Bubba. The event he's talking about never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. There was no race incident. It was a garage pull. Here, last last story, last story. <laughs> you know, yesterday we discussed how the Biden administration is now all in on discriminating against Asians. You know, if you're Asian, you have to score much higher on the SAT and with your grades to get into college because colleges discriminate against Asians because they think they have an Asian problem, too many Asians. If that sounds racist to you, that's because it is racist. The Biden administration is all in. They prefer this policy of discriminating against race, uh, against Asians. Now, Democrats are, you know, the new racists, but they're just like the old racists, Joe, who were Democrats, too. Remember, that was a whole yeah. Demo segregation was a Democrat thing. Right. So the new racists, just like the old racists. So it's not good enough now just to discriminate against Asians. Apparently, there's a school district in Denver, um, obviously run by leftists. Joe, segregation is back. Segregation what? now. Let, yeah, no, it is not a joke. Like Joe Biden, no, not a joke. In this case, sadly, it's not a joke. Now, again, Joe, I got to ask you this: as a astute observer of history, yes, man sir. who's been alive a little bit longer than me, mm -hmm. last time I checked, segregation was a really bad thing. Would you agree? Take a second if you need to. It was a bad thing, right? No good. Yeah, no, it was really a bad oh, thing, Dan. Oh, yeah. Okay, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Joe's brilliance doesn't go unnoticed here. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, segregation really bad. Um, racism against Asians, very bad. Not for the new racists who are just like the old racist Democrats who have always been the racist. Apparently, the school district thought it was a good idea. And you can see here from their email back, they thought it was a good idea to create a segregated playground. And, and this is always what the Democrats do, by the way. The old racist Democrats down south, who are separate but equal. They'll be equal facilities. Don't we? The new segregation, they describe it as a place of belonging. For our minorities, so a place of belonging and welcoming. Yeah, just don't welcome. That was the whole point of segregation. You can welcome one race and don't welcome the other. That's why it was a bad thing. No, tell this Denver school district that this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the less. Uh, at first, uh, yeah, Geek brings up. Here's the email they wrote up. Folks, efforts like these are about uniting us, not dividing us. No, they're literally about dividing yeah. you. Literally. This is the new left. Again, the portion of the show where we describe the intellectual vacuum. Liberals live in every single day. Thank the Lord. Wake up every morning and go to bed every night and pray and say, thank you. You are not one of these racist buffoons. We are conservatives. We will always be the party of unity, judging people by who they are, not what they look like. We will always be the party of big R God-given rights that defends liberty and freedom for everyone. That is our movement. It will always be our movement. And we will always fight against this stuff. And you should be proud of that. Maybe Evan Osnard should ask about this, the segregation out there. Is that stoking fear and hatred? No, it's about unity. Sure.
All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. We are at 1.97 million subscribers on my Rumble account. We just need a few more. Please go to rumble.com slash Bongino. Follow my account, my video podcast there. It's free. I hate the term subscriptions because it implies that there's a payment. There is not. But please follow my podcast there, rumble.com slash Bongino. We are almost there to 2 million, which is awesome. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.